Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Random History Podcast. Today, we'll be starting a miniature or full-length series covering various Napoleonic Wars and major battles. I'll probably mix it up. So, I know with the Seven Years' War series I did a couple months back, I covered just the wars, but in this case, I may actually kind of do a mixture of big battles and full wars to kind of, like, mix it up, kind of get some nice variety. But I am going to start off with the first conflict, actually, I'm probably going to start off by setting up what happens, and then I'll probably go into the war. This will probably be the setup podcast, the next one will cover the first war. So I'm going to do some background, so as we all know, the French Revolution, we're going to talk about real quick, French Revolution, the French Revolutionary War, sorry, this was a series of conflicts from 1792 to 1802, which came from the French Revolution, and this was where France basically went against... Great Britain, Great Britain, the Holy Roman Empire, Prussia, Russia, and a couple of other monarchs because the monarchs did not like the new French government. They thought it was a threat to them. So I'm going to real quick cover the two. This is where the first coalition is, and I'll talk about the second coalition. So this is part of the wider conflict known as the Coalition Wars, which is basically a bunch of countries versus France, which kept happening. So the the first war of the first coalition was fought between the Constitutional Kingdom of France slash the French Republic and the first coalition, which is the Army of Condé, I believe it is pronounced, which was a French field army that essentially fought a civil war with them, the Dutch for a while, the British, and the Holy Roman Empire, plus a couple of other nations against the French, a, a group from Batavia, a, the, a Polish group, and a couple of other sister nations, essentially. And this was the first one, and this conflict essentially saw the French win, they saw the, them survive, and then came the Second Coalition War, which is another conflict against France, where they fought Britain, Austria, Russia, the Ottomans, Portugal, Naples, a couple other monarchies in Sweden, and this saw them survive once again, and this saw them annex a little bit more territory, and this would later resume with the War of the Third Coalition, so, as we all know, the French Revolution, as I previously mentioned, the European powers are very scared, and this got, uh, not necessarily scared, but more felt alarm, and this got worse after Louis, I believe, yeah, Louis the Sixteenth was killed, and the French monarchy was overthrown. And, and as we all know that, in French, in the, why the French were fighting the first and second coalition conflicts, they had a bunch of issues, a lot of mass, they were, because there was mass conscription, military and stuff like that, and this total war, basically, this let them win, at the same time, it kept soaking this concurrent civil war, and this is when we see Napoleon start to take power, he was a, not necessarily take power, but he began to rise to more and more prominence, as he got more successful in the, he rose through the ranks of the military, and, and his friends at the same time kept struggling, under the directory, which was the first, like a governing five-member committee that was eventually overthrown, there was a lot of corruption and internal strife. There was a there was very little war, and they have and they had lost a lot of their earlier leaders. A lot of people had died in the reign of terror. They also lost Lazar Lazar Carnot, who was their minister of war, who's very important. And then Napoleon became commander during the latter stages of the first coalition conflict of the Army of Italy, which was a French army that was stationed on the Italian border, and this has actually launched a campaign in Egypt called the French Campaign in Egypt and Syria. I'm going to cover this real quick. Essentially, his goal was to defend French trade and interests, try to ally with the people 
and just weaken the British and stuff. This is, he did a lot of exploration. This war saw the French intervene. The Mamluks fell, but they failed in their expedition to Syria, and they eventually had to surrender. This actually where the Rosetta Stone was found, and this is because they lost the Battle of the Nile, which cut them off completely. And as a result of this, they had some stuff happened. This this caused another more I mean another series of defeats within the thing. So at first they were successful, but when they lost, they lost financially it was a huge issue. And their main goal was to disrupt the British economic powerhouse of India, which they failed to do. So they just wasted money and accomplished nothing. And soon enough, the Republic was pushed on all sides because they got Europe, they got from the south. Like the enemies were everywhere, and the British kept financing them. To be honest, their attacking of the British definitely angered them quite heavily because. They soon got very mad about the whole trying to mess with their trade. And soon enough, Napoleon returned on the 23rd of August in 1799. And in the same year, on the 9th of, no- of November, I don't know why I said in October, he seized control in what's called the Coupe of 18 Brumaire. And this brought him to power as the first consul. I'm going to kind of give a real quick context. So after... Austria, under ha- which was under Habsburg control at the time, decided to declare war, declare war on France on the 12th of March. There are a bunch of emergency measures were adopted to win the war in the Jacobin, func- the Jacobin faction who were pro-war won in the election. And with Napoleon and their best army engaged in Egypt and Syria, the French kept losing and losing. They saw a lot of reversals. And there was actually a previous coup, which was called the Coup of... I believe it's called the Coup of 30th Parallel Year 7... Which was just, remember, they did technically, when the French overthrew the old government, they put in a new calendar, which is why it's weird. It's also known as the Revenge of the Councils, and this saw them, the Jacobins be ousted. And this helped them temporarily. They saw a couple of victories, and the Jacobins were afraid that the royalists would return. And interestingly enough, when Napoleon eventually returned, both nations thought he, both factions thought he would be their savior of the country. And even though Napoleon had lost in the Middle East, he had won a lot of battles, and he kind of dazzled the public in a sense. They were very big fan of them. They, like, the public... Now when they worship, they were very, like... They liked him a lot. They respected him. They thought he was this great leader, this great general, almost like a George Washington-type deal, essentially. And Siez, who was the guy currently ruling, or a member of the directory who was in Spar- who was part of the previous coup I mentioned... He thought this man would be important. He would. He thought he would be important. And Napoleon participated within this coup I just mentioned, of course. But then Napoleon plotted a coup within the coup as a way for, essentially, him to gain control. However, there was actually quite a few obstacles to Napoleon's coup existing, Some, especially the army. Some generals believed in the Republic, and others generals thought they should be governing France. And this is why Napoleon is actually keeping it secret. And interestingly enough... During the coup, his he began to, uh, before it, he began to deploy troops around Paris, and his goal was first, we're going to get the directors to resign, then second, I'm going to get the Council of Ancients, which was essentially the upper house of the legislator, then the Council of the 500, which is the lower house, so basically, think, house the Council of the Ancients is like the Senate, Council of the, Council of the 500 is the House of Representatives, get them together, get a new con- commission, which will draw up a new constitution, a new constitution to get what he wants. Then on the 18th of Brumaire, which was under the new French Republican town calendar. That's why it's a weird name. 
Lucien Bonaparte, who was the president of the Council of the 500, and as, as you can probably tell from the name, Napoleon's brother, falsely, basically falsely told the councils that a Jacobin party is at coup is at hand and that the council needs to depart to safety and napoleon was soon charged with the safety of these two councils and he was given command of all troops and later that morning two of the directors soon resigned and then the another man urged the third director to sign and they did and the resignation of three directors on the same on the first day of the coup prevented basically it prevented a quorum which is essentially having a minimum number to do anything which made it so that the five-man directly was completely, completely worthless because if you don't have, if they, because they don't have three members, they couldn't do anything. And the only ones who were left with Jacobins both tried to protest, but on the second day, they would soon be arrested. Then on the 19th, most of the deputies realized that they were facing a coup by Napoleon rather than being protected. And when they started to resist, Napoleon managed to st storm the chambers with a small force of men and he managed to and then he actually addressed the council of the ancients which is remember is the senate essentially with basically he kind of made fun of them he said the revolution is over and he said that the constitution is pointless and he was received very hostile hostilely or very with a lot of hostility then napoleon sent in forces they ended up basically getting rid of those who were considered enemies or they got rid of those who were considered to be the basically napoleon's opposers and soon enough they cleared out those who they needed and soon at the end then the ancients passed a degree that basically got rid of the council for three months and like not got rid of basically said like okay we're gonna kind of go away for three months they made napoleon and two other men provisional consuls and created something knows the uh, name the corpse legistraf which is another a new body and then some members of the 500 who were around afterward basically confirmed this. And then in the aftermath, the, the directory was was crushed, but the coup was not yet completed. And he was he had not yet taken full power, but soon enough, the, they managed to create two commissions. They managed to get a bunch of deputies together. And these plots managed to get them into divisioning a provisional government that basically gave Napoleon and the others a lot of power. Interestingly enough, the French people basically failed to really react and, and eventually, many Jacobins were arrested and exiled. They managed to wipe out, like, basically the other enemies. And Napoleon soon took power, essentially. And this is how Napoleon took power. And now that the... And after the coup, he basically began to... He created his own consulate, which was the new form of government, or the new head of government, which was essentially a dictatorship. He then reorganized the military, and he established this large army to preserve, ready to start... Continuing to support the campaigns, and under Napoleon's under Napoleon's leadership, they won the Battle of Marengo, which essentially crippled Austria's capabilities in Italy. And then later at the Battle of Ho, I think it's Hohenlinden, they managed to knock out Austria. Essentially, they again signed in the later treaty, which sealed the defeat, which then got the British to sign another treaty. And there's actually not any consensus on technically when the French Revolutionary Wars began and the Napoleonic Wars began. Some people consider the 9th of November, 1799, which was the 18th of Brumaire coup. Some say that it was 1803, 
it was the 18th of May in 1803, and something it was the 2nd of December 1804, when Napoleon officially conned himself the emperor. And so, some people actually referred to the, from different nations, so, the British historians count, count this period from 1792 to 1815. They don't call it the Napoleonic Wars and the French Revolutionary Wars, they call it the Great French Wars. Some call it the final phase of the so-called Second Hundred Years War, which is just the, all those conflicts from 1689 to 1815 between the British and the French. And the French usually called them... These in France, these wars are usually combined to be considered the wars of this, like the revolution. The Germans call them various different wars, and many people refer to them as the coalition wars. So now I've covered the background. I will end this podcast, and I will be back with the first coalition war. Thanks for listening, everyone.